everybody want to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert. <laughs> I sounded very scholarly on that one, didn't I? You really did. Uh, it was surprising for you. It's a new approach I'm going for. Uh, my name is Travis Bean, and today on NPR, we're going to be talking about Kanye West and his recent uh, Twitter comments. Oh, man. Dropping the NPR in there is already <laughs> a loaded way of introducing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm part of the left, so I have all kinds of uh, canceling comments to make about Kanye. You gave away the game already, Travis. <laughs> no, it's not going to be that. Trust me, I would, I would never. No, well, hmm. well, I, I would uh, never work for NPR. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Somebody working with NPR that's like a big fan of the show just takes a contract that they had written for you and puts it in a shredder. I've spent enough time in the journalism publishing industry that I, I don't need to go back. Yeah, that's true. That's been a big part. It's been a big part of your career. And I don't really have a radio voice. I have more of a podcast voice. <laughs> Speaking of big parts of careers. Uh, <laughs> Good transition. <laughs> so today we are going we were going to release our first episode of the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy season. Mm. Uh, a season that we we're going to release last year and then yay started in with the the donda album which was a much better reason uh to have a podcast season kind of sideswiped by yay and we kind of transitioned from recording my beautiful dark twisted fantasy episodes to uh donda coverage and then a donda season um mm-hmm. but uh, this last week was one of the most uh fraught weeks <laughs> of one way to put it yeah yay's uh career i guess yeah career um which started off on monday with his yeezy season nine fashion show which was i think for fans like going to be this triumphant thing everybody was Mm. kind of in good spirits about it it seemed like the the media was in good spirits about it and yay woke up and chose (laughs) (laughs) another more (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, he wore his White Lives Matter shirts, um, the infamous <laughs> villainous White Lives Matter shirts, and mm. uh, that set off a whole like chain reaction of responses from everybody, and he went on the defensive against that, and it culminated with some <laughs> Twitter posts, because he got kicked off of Instagram, uh, where he had like a harmless Twitter post about like running for president in 2024, and everybody's like, "Hey, welcome back to Twitter," <laughs> <laughs> and followed that up with the uh, "I'm kind of sleepy." <laughs> <laughs> that was a great way to start that that tweet. Yeah, it was such like a you know a vulnerable, uh, endearing way of yeah. just being like, "I'm a little sleepy right Even now." Even Kanye gets sleepy, right? Like. We can sing you a lullaby. What do you need? 
And then he said that he's going DEFCON 3 uh, rather than DEFCON 3, um, which is like military talk for like be on the defensive, be on the alert. Mm-hmm. Like there's a something's happening. We have to go DEFCON 4. That's how serious I've it is. I played Call of Duty. Yeah, you you know, you get it. I've never played and, Call of Duty. Oh, what? How could you? <laughs> Not once in my life. In audience you know of millions and billions. You know what? I think actually... Uh, back in the day when Best Buy would have like video games out, you know, I feel like that's oh, yeah. not a thing anymore. But I would, I probably played Call of Duty there. I feel like you might get obsessive over like online multiplayer Call of Duty. I I don't really like first person shooters that much, although I I was quite skilled at GoldenEye back in the day and Time Splitters too. So, and GoldenEye, everybody knows the best part was the multiplayer, right? Oh, absolutely. So just imagine multiplayer GoldenEye, but it's better graphics. No, I like the shitty ones. <laughs> Actually, that makes so much sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that 2D image of Jaws. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if somebody was like, I don't like this game because it smacks you in the face, you'd be like, I love the game because it <laughs> smacks me in the face. <laughs> I love how much it hurts. <laughs> well... Speaking of how much it hurts, uh, <laughs> Ye followed up going uh, DeathCon 3 with some spaces. You know, some people are saying the spaces are important. Yeah, well, we're, uh, they're really reading into that. In all caps, on Jewish people. And I feel like since I'm Jewish, I can laugh at it, right? Like, <laughs> that's you can how. Do more than laugh at it. That's how uh, we like to deal with conflict, <laughs> make jokes about it. Pain. Yeah, you've seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's just how Larry David copes with the world. Seinfeld, right? These I've are... never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. Wait, you've never seen? <laughs> Call of Duty, Curb Your Enthusiasm, added to the list. Never seen an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh, I've seen clips on YouTube and stuff, and I, I know I would love the show. I just don't really watch that much TV. Yeah, we've been that's been like a huge huge thing over the years with us like I love seinfeld, travis though. watch more tv it's just like uh, hbo seinfeld it's yeah. just much more egregious in terms of like the things larry david does but I mean, you're selling me you know jewish humor it's a, a wonderful thing <laughs> honed over thousands of years of awful things <laughs> but uh yay said death country on jewish people which if you're being as critical as possible you're reading it that he's going DeathCon 3 on jewish people and if you're being as forgiving as possible you're putting a period there mm. and saying that the on jewish people like some people are like he's just saying it as like an introduction to the topic of jewish people i want to say yeah. uh while others are saying that he's saying i'm going DeathCon 3 like on jewish people the way that somebody would say like on god like <laughs> swearing by them <laughs> I mean, the fact that we've spent this much time trying to figure out Condi's tweet when we all can actually just agree it says one thing, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then it, like, dives even further of him saying that he can't be anti-Semitic and yeah. gets into a whole other sub-conversation and then calls out Jewish people for controlling things and the agenda and followed it up with a tweet on who do you think started cancel culture? or created cancel culture, which also seemed very much aimed at Jewish people. Uh, Plus the Instagram post earlier in the day that got him kicked off of Instagram, where he was telling Diddy that 
like he's going to send a message to the Jewish people that sent Diddy to calm him down. Mm. And so there was just like a whole ecosystem of <laughs> blaming Jewish yeah. people for things that are going on. And, uh, you know, we decided to do this instead of putting out the first episode of the season. <laughs> well, that was, I, I, I mean, I, 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 I was, I told Chris, like, Chris, we got to talk today. We, we did this yesterday. I was like, I, we have to talk about the upcoming season and like what we're going to do because we can't just put out season eight of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy two days after Kanye tweets this and just like <laughs> never like people would be so confused like oh new episode from Washington Throne they're gonna re- well, what's this like an episode uh an overview of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy an album released 12 years ago that they recorded a month ago you know <laughs> like all everything about it I was like this like just seems strange and like Chris I want to figure out like what we should do but like I don't even know what we should do because it's such a like I don't want to sit here talking about some reprehensible tweet Connie sent out like it is what it is um but we also just can't release <laughs> a podcast where we just talk about music even though that's all we really do um <laughs> because people will be confused so I guess now we're just we're doing this we're, we're gonna talk in circles for however long well it's like the reactions are so intense and I understand oh yeah like I understand like I'm not happy I, I know this has been like a very joking tone so far. I'm, yeah. I'm not happy with like the shirts. I'm not happy with the tweets. Um, I'm not happy with really a lot of the way in which Ye's been talking to other people hmm. um, and kind of just the way he's been handling this last week. Yeah. In general. Um, at the same time, we have dovetailed from just talking about albums to also covering yay as kind of like in a scholarly way the mm-hmm. way that you cover uh a sports team news mm-hmm. like a town like we are content creators in like the world of yay and i still want to create content around it like regardless of if i'm disagreeing or like unhappy about something it still seems worth talking about to me and not you know full podcast seasons about yay's tweets and behavior but Mm. um we've had like people asking like how can you keep like having a twitter account how can you keep having a podcast or youtube channel about this and I guess because it's still like well. <laughs> to me worth talking about, like the good and the bad. I mean, totally. Kanye, it's 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 funny. Like, there's nothing I enjoy about him tweeting that thing, and and I'm totally with you. Like a lot of his rhetoric and the way he's been speaking about people lately, it seems to go against so many things I believe in, and and work I've done to myself, like him talking about, you know, like robots and zombies and all this kind of like right wing talk that you hear a lot that I've, I've had people throw in my face before who say that I'm just uh, a sheeple because I think this one thing that they don't agree with, you know, I take, I've always taken extreme offense to that. And I really take offense to it from somebody I admire so much because I've done a lot of work in myself, you know, talking through stuff with my wife and my therapist and, 
trying to not become that kind of person, like trying to have my own personality and my own worldview and to just have that kind of stuff thrown in your face by somebody you care about and you're invested in, it makes it really tough. But I'm, I'm still with you, Chris. Like the fact that I'm invested in him makes it, makes this even more worthwhile. Like, I don't really understand that attitude of like, just abandon Ye, just cancel him. I still believe in Kanye. Like I, I think he can do work on himself. Like anybody can do work on himself. Like I've done work on myself. Like you've done work on yourself. Like, uh, and I think despite like some terrible things that he's done, like, I mean, he's just the most fascinating figure in the sense that he just lays it all out there for everybody to see. Like he's not scared of saying something that terrible in pub, which maybe on some level, like that's not good, but on another level, nobody is going to like have that kind of bravery and to, and he's done it for so long. Then there's so much to put it into context within that. Like it's something we can come to understand. And when we understand it, we can understand something larger than Kanye and larger than ourselves about the world we live in, about, about this country and like the way it drives people to act the way they do. Like it's, I think it's important to keep talking about Kanye and understand his tics and motions. And, you know, that's what this show was all about in the first place. Anyway, like we just wanted to talk about music. Sure. But we're also like movie nerds and narrative nerds. And we want to show you how like Kanye built this story. And as we've gone through and talking about all the stories he's built in all of his albums, like you learn more and more about him and you, you see past the artist, you see the man and you, this show becomes revealing of like the beauty of art and like everything you can learn from art. Um, like all of that stuff, like we're going to keep doing that. Like to me, that's way more important. Um, and it would be lame if we just let some stupid tweet kind of sent out defeat that. Like it's too stupid to let it in because of that, you know? Yeah. Cause it's like, you could go that route. Like the, the gravity of it, like the platforming of it, which is a word that I never really heard until 2022. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, like people are going to keep talking about him, whether like you want them to yeah. or not. Uh, Ye's become too much of a figure and the influence for better or for worse. And I still think like Ye overall means well, intends well. I think at his core, if you presented him with a situation that's like, is he going to do something to help people or hurt people? He would choose to help. Um, I don't think he wants to upset people. I don't think he wants to come off that way and then does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I still think that there's like a positive intentionality regardless of the damage that he causes. Mm. Almost like, you know, Clifford the Big Red Dog destroying things <laughs> unintentionally just because he's so big and you're just like... I know you didn't mean to sit on the house and break the roof. Yeah, or RoboCop going haywire, you know? <laughs> right. Of course. Uh, so I I think people are going to continue to talk about Ye, and we have become... Yeah, like, why not listen to us talk about Ye? <laughs> yeah, some of the foremost scholars on Ye over the last seven years um, that we talked about his discography, like contents, like 
we may have opinions that you don't like. We may not be like fully for him in a way that you want us to be or fully against him in the way that you want us to be. But I think one of the things I've seen so many fans being like, how could fans, you know, turn on him in this time? And it's one of those things with Ye said himself that being a fan of him means that you're a fan of yourself. Right. And he's just the espresso to get you going. I think even if Kanye gets upset when people don't agree with him, the thing that any fan should take away from being a Kanye fan is that you need to stand up for whatever you're feeling, whatever you believe in. And if that means disagreeing with Kanye, then so be it. Like that's actually more in line with being a fan of him than like agreeing with everything that he says. Yeah. Because if you feel differently and you're agreeing just because he said it, what are you doing? Like <laughs> yay yay himself even talked about like the dangers of monolithic thought. And yes, right. he was saying that for his own benefit and justifying his own going against the grain, <laughs> but it still applies to like being a fan of something means that you should still not have to agree with everything that everybody else does or even mm. the person themselves agrees with. Like you can have your own opinions and views and I feel very strongly about that now. Yeah. Just as much as I did in like 2020 and 2018 and 2016 when there are other yay controversies going on that I didn't necessarily agree with what he was saying, how he was doing it. Um, but continuing to kind of talk about it, scholarize it, and put it into context for other people I think is important. Totally. And you're getting into an interesting thread as well. Um, and again, this is something you and I can really speak to is just how this informs stand culture in general um, mm -hmm. and what it's become. Like you and I, like we're at the forefront of it. Like we spend so much time talking about Kanye West. It should be like, you know, it should be a crime. Like we should be, <laughs> it's ridiculous how much time we spend talking and thinking about this guy. Um, but, and there's so many fans out there, like, like the energy you see when we went to his like listening parties and stuff, like people are there for Kanye. They love Kanye. They've been fans their whole lives. Like he means so much to them. So when this kind of stuff happens, like it causes some crazy dramatic internalizing to happen. Like it forces an entire fan base to like reckon with it and, and look inward and understand and then like people split off and this weird ecosystem occurs in this year i feel like more than any year even 2020 has been kind of like for me anyway has been the most revealing and um like it's just really forced me to like think about like what my connie fandom means like in terms of like myself and like who I am, you know, this year I, I had my first kid. I had a daughter like things just like I, I don't know how to explain how this relates to that, but like it totally does. Like it totally reoriented my brain and the way I look at my life and the way I approach my career and seeing Kanye go through the motions he has in the past, you know, years, it's been tough and it's it's hard to process and you know i think all the way back to the beginning when 
the um, Genius movie came out. And to me, that was kind of like, that almost, looking back at it, that was like a, it was a prescient movie, like a sign of things to come. Like, yeah, Connie's done some crazy stuff, but like this year in particular, especially this new tweet he sent, like, like that stuff is really, really, really hard for me to understand and look at more objectively and give him the benefit of the doubt. And that movie really looks at like what it's like to have a distance perspective of Kanye and watch somebody from afar really struggling. Like as much as I don't like Kanye said that tweet, like it just leads me to believe like he's got a lot of work to do. And there are some things going on in his life that we just don't understand. And he's probably in a dark period that he needs to work through. And again, that makes what you and I do so important. Like we are, this extreme insight into Kanye standum. Um, like we have such a, a clear view of like the base, like Chris, you're talking to all these weirdos on Twitter every day. Um, <laughs> like I, I do a, a video where I rank every single Kanye song and I watch these nut jobs interact with each other. And like, I, you just see, you see them all. Like it's so much fun. Like it's so inspiring. Like, Every like we see, we're seeing all of these people like react to Kanye, and like it, again, it feels like I almost feel like it's just our duty to, as like kind of the heads at the forefront of this entire weird group to like keep talking about it and like forcing ourselves to keep reflecting on the music. Because when we go through this season of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, the stuff Kanye's done this year is going to make us look at certain songs differently and certain lines differently. Like we're going to always find new stuff in Kanye's music and we're going to keep evaluating it and understanding it. They you know that's, we have to keep doing it. It's like our obligation. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking of all the, the jokes that have come out over the last like, week and thinking like how appropriate is one here or not here yeah like you know are people are people going to let me do jewish humor or are they <laughs> going to be like hey this is a serious topic don't make that joke it's like well you know yay just added in somebody to the list of monsters on monster yeah <laughs> uh um yeah i think as like the professorial nutjobs in this whole collective, there is something like to look at, something to be said. And yeah, I think the humanity too also like very easily goes out the window with Ye. And I know people are quick to jump to like bipolar, mental health. There was just a page six story that came out today uh, saying that Ye hasn't been sleeping a lot and um friends are concerned that this is a an episode and what have you but uh, i think one of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot is grief mm. and there was something that jumped out to me in the text messages that yay had with tremaine emery where with diddy earlier in the day yay was posting like just like straight up like flexing on diddy and trying to antagonize diddy but then when he was texting with Tremaine Emery, it started that way. He <laughs> did yeah. he open it up with like, nice to hear from you, you bitch. Yeah, <laughs> like, you bitch. <laughs> something like Wow. Just oh, you something use profanity now. Right? Like it just so far away from the twenty nineteen era, Jesus is King era. Uh but by the end of those messages, Ye just starts talking very openly yeah. to Tremaine. And mentions at one point that he lost 
his wife, his mom, and his best friend. And I think that there's probably just like a lot going through his mind when it comes to like he loses his mom. And we talked about in terms of the discography, you can see the ways in 808s and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy that he was kind of not in a good place. And that led to his relationship with Kim and really rebuilding um, a foundation with Kim. And you see that on Jesus and the life of Pablo, like trying to settle into marriage and what it means on marriage. Even Ye gets at it. For him to then lose his family, it was already a lot for him to process in 2021. And we saw the way in which he was kind of coping with it after Virgil's death. It's like there was a lot that happened in the aftermath of Virgil's death that it still seems Ye's processing very strongly. Mm. And I think that there's probably not to just go like, see mental health crazy. I think that's too simple of a thing to point to. I think that there's probably like a lot of confusion and grief that is taking its toll a lot lately. Oh yeah. I mean, shit. I guess we're getting personal. Um, <laughs> like I, 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 that, that stuff is really hard to, to recognize and speak about. Like he's just talking about in this text there with Tremaine. And I guess I don't know Connie's life. I don't know if he's talking to more people, but me personally, I didn't realize that I was depressed for a long time until this year. Like I, it took me talking through stuff and like looking back at my life and realizing like the way I had maneuvered and thought about things and gone about things. Like I, I just, I coped in so many ways and that I'm not proud of and that I don't look back fondly on. And, you know, I was, depressed I, I was going through so much stuff i didn't even know i was going through um like i can only imagine what it's like for connie in this moment it, he it, you just get to a moment where like you have to face it you have to talk to someone about it i'm not saying he has to go on like medications or anything but like some step has to be taken that i'm not sure someone like kanye is really doing he seems so busy and so ambitious and he has a lot of people, I I don't want to say yes men, but he has a lot of people in his camp, like backing him. Um, he has he has so many fans backing him and the way he acts and the things he says. I just think at some point, like it, it just it, it's hard to describe. Like if you've if you've gone through depression, like maybe you more know what it's like. But like I just look at Kanye and I look at like everything you're talking about, like the grief and like the struggle. Like you can, you can just see it kind of happening and like, you know, that it goes somewhere bad, uh, but you also can't do anything about it. Like people can only help themselves. So on some level, you're just kind of sitting back and like hoping things get better. Yeah. I know uh, people that might be new to the show or longtime listeners probably know, like I lost my dad when I was 20, my mom, when I was 25, only child, uh, all my cousins are like much older, much younger. Mm. So it's not like I had a, a very close like family unit or even like support structure, really good friends, but we we're also like off at college or, right. you know, settling into being married or moved away. So there was a lot of fallout 
from that and a lot of stuff that I was going through then and 10 years later, like talking to a trauma therapist now Mm. and really starting to get like some perspective on a lot of it. But I think when you're dealing with that grief, a lot of what causes you to or depression, like come to terms with it is when you're looking around you at your life and where your life is at and realizing like what you where you can go both Mm. good and bad and the costs of staying in a less than healthy state but yay has so much money and so much freedom like financial freedom Mm. that i wonder if there's really that opportunity to really settle into those emotions because you can go do anything and distract yourself in all ways possible because you don't have limitations. So it just allows you to keep running from confronting that grief and working through that grief. Mm. I mean, I feel like this all gets at, again, what we've been talking about and why I feel this obligation to keep talking about Kanye. He's the most fascinating man like I've ever seen. He, he, this story, like this country right now is having a reckoning with mental health. And like, I can't tell you how many boomers I've talked to that like scoff at the idea of talking to a therapist. (laughs) It blows my mind. Like this idea that like taking care of your head (laughs) is, is unforgivable and like stupid. Like Kanye is this grand gleaming rich example (laughs) of a man going through that problem. And the fact that he is so rich weirdly probably makes it a lot harder for him to deal with all this stuff than it would just a regular person. Like you're totally right. Like with all the money in the world, like everything's going great. All the, everything I do (laughs) makes me money and gets me more influence and power. Like he has no reason to change. And if he's able to do it, if he's able to actually go down this path and, and tend to his mental health, like it'll be this example of someone who like, did it on a grand level like we've seen him do it over and over again with any social issue he talks about when he talks about fame when he talks about like um you know getting over the grief of thought monolithic thought like getting over the grief of his mother like having a family like going from losing his mother thinking he's going to be alone for the rest of his life and like finding somebody and having get like all of this stuff that we all go through, he goes through on this like crazy big level and lays it out all for us to see in movies and albums, um, all over his social media, like the way he carries himself and his brand. This is just another step in that, in my mind. Yeah, it's like his story, for better or for worse, is going to be one for the history books. It's okay. going to be something that people 100 years from now are still like talking about. Yeah, and uh, it's it's nice to be able to be part of that conversation, um, shape that conversation. I know people won't always agree with everything that we say, um, but hopefully they can respect where we're coming from, why we're saying it, and um, you know, be along for the ride the same as us. Yep. I mean, shit. I don't know where this season's going to go. I don't know what Kanye's going to do by the end of it. So, yeah. But, and we still do view like the art is the art is the art. And 
what Ye is doing in the present impacts perception of that, but the art is still going to also be something people are listening to and talking about a hundred years from now. I'm sure. So us like getting into the intricacies of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is still to me like a very worthwhile endeavor for somebody that's like into narrative and the highest like quality of art possible and Ye's discography, whether you like him or dislike him, is still some of the most prolific and high caliber art that's been produced so far in the 21st century. Yep. Yeah. And you know, another season on this album is just another excuse to listen to it. And I can't wait to do that over and over and over. <laughs> Until the end of time. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Is, is that good? Did we do it? I think so. I think people have probably listened. And <laughs> anybody that is uncertain and still listening, you know, thank you. And anybody that was certain and decided to still listen, thank you. And all the other people who uh, don't know what's going on or what we're talking about, we don't either. It's just a default <laughs> for us. <laughs> trying our best yeah to fake it till you make it absolutely well then okay. we'll be back with a whole podcast season yep you we'll just be talking about the album next time we won't be talking about any of this stuff no because <laughs> we already we already talked about it yeah um and we recorded that episode a month ago yeah so keep that in mind <laughs> but until you keep it in mind why don't you stay wavy and you know, keep it moving. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call.